Thank you, Sean. So good to be together. Oh, it was a good time of worship, wasn't it? Thank you, Van, for leading us uh, so well. So we're in a new series. Well, we started uh, last week. We're calling it Reforming Church. It's an obvious reason for that. Um, and uh, today I'm talking about Reforming Church family. And um, let me say right off the bat, <clears throat> the church is not like a family. The church is not like a family because it is a family. We are in Christ, literally, God, therefore, is our Father. Jesus, in the spiritual sense, and in a very real sense to us who know him, is literally our elder brother. And therefore, we, you and I, in this room and online this morning, who believe in him, are brothers and sisters in Christ. It's amazing. You see, family was always the primary way the early church identified themselves. God's intention all along was to have a family, to gather a family, to give us an elder brother, to give us a brother. Let me just help you with that from a scripture. Hebrews 2, you can read of this. You can, it starts with the fact that God has, has made Jesus perfect. Now, that's, that's tricky in itself. I'm not going to open that up, but there's something about Jesus going through death to bring the likes of you and I in order to know him on the cross and raising again that was the perfection of what he came to do here. And the Bible says that he was made perfect by bringing many sons and daughters to glory. He goes on to say both the one who makes people holy, that's Jesus, and the ones that have been made holy, that's us, are of the same, what, family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Friends, if Jesus was not ashamed to call us his brothers and his sisters, then we can be, we should not be ashamed of being part of his family. It's a wonderful, incredible thing that God has done. Let me tell you some more. Ephesians 1 says this, that God, the Father, he predestined us before all creation, before anything that you can see or anything that was on earth, God had it in mind to adopt us you as sons and daughters. <laughs> what incredible scripture that is. Adopt us through Christ and to therefore bring us to himself. You see, the Father initiates this. He opens our eyes, if you like, to the truth, to see Jesus who died for us upon a cross, who saved our sin and saved us from hell and brought us into a relationship with Jesus. He puts his spirit in us. And at that moment, we are made a new creation. We're given a new identity. We have a new hope in Christ. We have a new purpose in him. We have a new significance 
and we are adopted as his sons and daughters. Goes on, let's read Ephesians 2. says something like this. He says, For though um, through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit, consequently, as a result, we, you, are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. We're members of God's household. We're in his family. He sent his son to redeem sons and daughters who would be connected to the father that would represent him on this earth as what? As as a family. Max Lucado puts it like this. He says, he says, God sought you. He found you. He signed the papers and he took you home. Someone in the room is going to get excited about that, I'm sure. <laughs> That's an amazing truth, isn't it? We are sons of the king. We can have a relationship with the father. This is how the Bible describes that you and I become part of the family of God. It's an amazing thing. You would have seen a picture of my family. Actually, I'm not sure you did. Did they see a picture of my family? Why don't we see a picture of my family? There we are. That's my family. We always look like that. So happy and smiling, you know, ready to take on the world, always dressed well, perfect light, lighting in the room. No blemishes, no blushes. That's my family. Do you know what? If you have a family or a part of a family this morning, and everyone does, it's not always easy. Your family might not have been easy. But do you know what? We have the opportunity to be in another family, the family of God, which is an incredible family to be part of. If indeed we reform church with an emphasis on what it is to be family. I want to talk about three family values in the next few minutes. First of all, the family gathers together. Imagine just for a moment, if you haven't got like your own kids, you know what it was like to be a kid in a family. Imagine, right? Imagine if in our household, my family, that's us, we never met together in a week. And we were on a Zoom call last night doing a quiz with some of our extended family, and we had other people of our family in other rooms using their own devices. And I said to Catherine, my wife, I said, we could do this all the time. We could just never see them. But what would that be like? That wouldn't be family, would it? Imagine if we just did our own thing, we had our own bedrooms, we cooked for them and we put it outside their doors. No, the family gathers together. We've made it a priority in our home to make sure that at least once a week we are gathering and it's often around the table for food so that we can be together. We can hear swap stories, we can hear about your week, we can support and encourage, we can pray together we can tell each other what God's been doing in our lives. We can tell stories and make each other laugh. 
We can tell each other honestly how we feel and make each other cry. Because that's family. Do you know what? With online church, there's a danger, isn't there? There's a danger that we could never, some of us would never meet up again. We could just watch at home. And yes, that's a sense of family. It's a sense that's great that you're connecting in this morning. Really, it is. Don't take this the wrong way. But it's nothing like being together here. I can see who are my brothers and sisters in Christ. I've seen faces that I haven't seen for ages. And I remember, yes, they're part of my family. I'm their brother and she's my sister. And we're in this together. The Bible in Acts 2, 46, it says, says this. It says, every day they continued to meet together. In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, we can read loads of times the little phrase, when you come together, kind of takes it for granted that we're just going to be together. The early church was together. When you come together, some of you, even today, you might have a song and a, or a, a hymn or a revelation or a, a word of instruction. We'd love to hear some of those, by the way. Just because you're in a mask right there, you can still come and you can share and you can contribute to what we're doing because we're family and we're the body of Christ working together. He gathers us, we gather together. Why? Because it builds us up. Encourages one another, encourages me to know that I'm not in this together. What else does it do? It glorifies Him as He sees His sons and daughters coming in one place to be with Him. How do we gather? Well, I wonder how you've worked this out over lockdown. How do we gather? We gather in twos and threes. That's the family of God. We're still allowed to do that at the moment at the moment. And I want to encourage you to gather twos and threes. We gather tens, twelves, fifteen, small groups. Some of that is online, but it's still gathering. We're still being able to see our family. And we gather in hundreds and thousands. And one day we're going to gather in a multitude that no one can count. All God's sons and daughters together in one place, glorifying Jesus what he's done in us. What do we gather for? Well, we're going to, we gather for the body and the blood. We're going to be taking bread and wine together as family later. We gather for fellowship. We gather for the word. We gather for a celebration of what God has doing. That's why we come together once a week in order to do that and to know God's presence and his purpose for us and the power that is together when two or three come and meet. He is there in the midst. So friends, let's come together. Let's gather. Sean's encouragement, I want to echo. If you haven't come in yet, it's not how we would like it, but it's family. Now I understand there are people who can't do that and we would say that's absolutely fine and that's why we're online as well. But come. You know we're full, pretty much, so not many more people can come unless we do something else. And one part of our family that we're missing is our children, isn't it? I'm missing the kids being amongst us. And so we want to open up on Sundays 
um, to allow children to be back in the room with us. We want to pursue family as we reform. And so on the 1st of November, kids will also be allowed to come. We want families to come back in to gather with us. And what that means, there'll be even less space to, for others to come on a Sunday morning. So we want to endeavour to put on a second meeting in the evening. That's big news in some ways. It's a trial. We're going to see how that works because we want to be able to gather as family in the coming weeks. First of November, for five Sundays, we're going to have kids meeting on in the morning. We're going to have our second meeting in the evening. There'll be more news and uh, updates of that. Check it out as we fill in the gaps. Number two, the family grows together. You see, that second photograph, my family have just... <sighs> Jacob now, he looks me in the eye. He looks me in the eye. It's, it's a scary thought. When your kids look you in the eye, and he's, he's, he's kind of as big as me now, and I'm thinking, he's going to be able to take me one day. And that's not, that's not a good thought for a dad. It's really not. But imagine if your kids never grew up. Imagine if they, they just stayed the same size forever. Imagine this. Imagine if your kids, you can, you'd, probably, you'd probably be able to understand this one more. Imagine if they just took and took and took in the family home and never gave anything back. That's not family. Imagine if um, some of my kids, like they're a bit older now, imagine if they stopped talking to each other because they'd had a, they'd had a falling out and they just never spoke to one another. They were in the same home, but they just didn't talk to one another. What would that be like? It's not the case, by the way. Imagine if um, some of my kids spent more time in someone else's family than they did in amongst our family. All of those things, in my head, wouldn't, wouldn't be family. You see, family is about growing together. It's what we do in our, our, nat- our natural, physical family. It's what we do here in a spiritual family. It's about growth and maturity. Ephesians 4 says this. It says, so Christ himself, verse 11, gave people gifts. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, teacher, pastor, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Maturity, growing up, is the goal of family, both at home and in church. So that we don't stay like children, like infants. Paul uses familiar language here. We don't, we don't get tossed back and forth by the waves of this world. No, we grow into a greater knowledge of the truth and a love for our Father. We spend a long time helping our children get to personal responsibility <laughs> to teach them that. You see, I'm not just raising sons and daughters. I want to raise fathers and mothers. 
So as I'm raising fathers and mothers, they will raise sons and daughters as well. And those, their sons and daughters will grow to be fathers and mothers and they will raise sons and daughters as well. And so there's a sense of being encouraged in the family. You know, this place should be the, the place where you, you feel the most encouraged in the week. We can get knocked and, and broken and battered out in the world, but in here we can feel encouraged, can't we? Well, we should be if we're family. But there's also a place of challenge. Family is the place where you get challenged in order to grow and to become mature. It's the natural flow of, of family. And sometimes in church, it's like, well, we, can, we, we shouldn't challenge. We shouldn't, we shouldn't say the tough stuff. No, of course we should. We speak the truth in love because we're family and we want to see you grow. A couple of areas to grow in is just growing our love for God and for love of one another baptized in the name of the Father. We are his family to love one another as he has loved us. Friends, as we reform church, you know, even there's something about us not singing because it means that we can, one of the primary things we do, it means we can think more about how we can love. How we can love one another as Christ has loved us. You know, we've, in our family, we've all learned more about forgiveness, <laughs> saying sorry and moving on. We've all learned more about being generous and how to, how to work that out. That's love, isn't it? It's, love is patience. We've learned some of that. Love is, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. We've all learned some of that. Learn to lead, learn to love at home, in church. These are the things God's called us to. You know, you can't love God and not love one another. It just doesn't go together. You see, it's the love for one another that enables us to understand how God has first loved us and to give it out to our brothers and sisters. This place, which is a house of love. It must be love. Love, love, nothing more, nothing less. Love is the best. It's got to be love. Second thing to grow in is to serve Jesus by serving one another. John talked about pruning, didn't he? You know, what it'd be like in a home if the kids just never did anything at all. If they never took part, if they just expected and they treated it like a hotel, just to be served and not to serve. But you see, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And he gives us the same heart out of our love for God the Father because he's loved us, us. You see, we don't serve to get accepted. We are accepted already, and so we can serve. We can give. We make him our Lord and King, and we now 
become servants within his kingdom to continue his work. Not a duty, but a joy. So we can contribute, therefore, each of us, the body playing its part. We're going to talk about the body some more in a few weeks. To the overall health and the overall function that each of us might engage in order to make, yes, this great, but also that we love and we serve outside of this place to those that we walk past and do daily life with everywhere we go, wherever we are. You might say, well, it's been hard. I think it has been hard over the last six months Some of us have got out of the habit of engaging in in church in some ways, and it's just very much just like fed to us, like you might watch um, TV of an evening and sit down and just, you know, chillax on the sofa. I believe God is just wanting to stir us again, to know your identity in him, the first love, that we're reforming first our relationship with him and out of that, we begin to love our family in here, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then we can engage in making this happen, serving across our services and across the bay. If we're going to do kids' work, we're going to need some help and we're going to need kids' servers. If we're going to do an evening meeting, we're going to need a whole raft of people again like we have on a Sunday who do an incredible job at just helping us keep safe and get sat. And I want to encourage you today to engage in church life again as we reform in a new way to bring God glory in all that we would love to do. If you're watching online right now, you can just put in the chat, you know what, I'd love to serve. God's just nudging you like to engage again. And if you're in the room Let us know. Send an email. Hello at citygate.church. We'd love to hear from you so we can resource what we're doing so others can come in and hear and gather so that we can reach a family that are not yet part of our family. Because ultimately the family goes together. My last point, very briefly. Imagine if your kids never moved out of the house. (laughs) I love my kids. (laughs) imagine if they never moved on imagine if at the age of 54 we're still wiping one of our children's mouths (laughs) that wouldn't be family would it my hope and my desire is that they develop they stand on their own two feet that they would have their own children that they have their own find their own faith that they would cook their own food as we teach them to do that and find their own fellowship, raise their own family. Same with the church. The family grows and it moves. And that's what's going to happen to us. Some have already in Southbourne, even this morning, some people who were were like tight-knit with us here, there in Southbourne, they're still family, but they're on mission as God's family in that place. And if we go to two meetings and if that, if that grows and if that works, then we might not see so much of each other in, in the same place at the same time, but that's the growing pains of family. But it's for a greater sense of in which we go together as family to reach a world 
Because what the world needs right now is a family like this one. It's a place where they can come in and feel welcome. It's a place where they can be encouraged and challenged in the right way. A place where they can find friendship and love and the hope of Jesus Christ in their life so they too can know their identity as a father and not be tossed around by the wind and the waves, but come to a place of peace in their heart and join our family. Let me finish with this scripture. John, in John's gospel, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. How? If you love one another. We're going to break bread together.